Welcome to Perspectives. I am your host, David Howard. Thank you for joining me once more as we discover the beauty of God's Word together. My desire is that each podcast speaks to your heart while answering your prayers in the most extraordinary way. This has not been a normal year. This week was unsettling as news broke of the tragic deaths of eight people in Atlanta, Georgia. I am saddened and heartbroken by the needless loss of life and yet angered by its occurrence as it has now become all too familiar with us. So much so that many shrug in silence and look the opposite direction as if to say, it has nothing to do with me. And yet, it has everything to do with us. Each of them, without question, woke up that day expecting it to be normal. But it was not. It was not business as usual. It was not just another day as their pleas for help spread across the airwaves and television stations. They were completely unaware of the adversity that awaited them that day. Correspondingly, the news would reveal later on as well that the young man that committed such an atrocity belonged to a church, a body of believers. A statement would later be released by his church saying, we watched him grow up and accepted him into church membership when he made his own profession of faith in Jesus Christ. We pass our days absence of any regard for the things happening around us, nor do we consider the same. Poof, and suddenly it's gone. We don't get to choose how we go, but only how we live. Today's podcast is titled, The Urgency of Salvation. In the book of Philippians written by Paul in chapter 12 and verse two, he tells us, therefore my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. We are weeks away from Good Friday. Palm Sunday and Easter, often referred to as Resurrection Day, as they are all recognized and celebrated each year. But what do they mean to us, to you and me personally? Are these days and events literal or figurative? Around the world, countries mark the year with annual feasts and celebrations that are not necessarily linked to those of another. Yet the days of Christmas and Easter are slightly different. They are celebrated universally. While that might be true, I believe we owe them both some serious consideration and a deeper look. The basis and founding principles of our faith is not the equivalent of a child's story filled with gifts under a tree, Saint Nicholas or Santa Claus as we refer to him as 
Nor is it colored eggs, bunny rabbits, and feel-good black and white movies from years past. Now, before I am misrepresented or incorrectly quoted, there's nothing technically wrong with any of those. But I do believe the life and death of Jesus, the savior of the world, requires a bit more insight because they are the core tenets of our very faith. It is the promises contained in his word that give us the courage to stand amid the storm through trials and tribulations and endure the grief and sorrows that are cast before us. Page upon page, word upon word, we follow Jesus from prophecy as in Isaiah chapter 7 and verse 14 to his birth in Matthew chapter 1 verses 18 to 25. From the wilderness in Luke chapter 4 and verse 10 to the cross in Matthew chapter 27 and verse 33. Although many of us will never experience firsthand what he endured, it broadens our understanding and establishes our hope knowing that he alone is the author and finisher of our faith. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 2. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Because times are different, I do not want to repeat what others have shared, but rather encourage all to understand the sole purpose of his life and death. What he did, he did for you and me. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. John 3, 16. We are three weeks away from Easter, and as we begin preparations to celebrate, our world is in shambles right now, just as it was in the days of Jesus. People in need, the poor marginalized, the voices unheard and the torment ignored, the anguish and cries of the people continue to go unanswered. It's not simply a matter of throwing money at a problem to address its ills as they're associated with society. If I lack dignity or if I lack worth, if I am unable to lift myself up in my situation or in my despair, it serves no purpose. No amount of money will. Jesus was the embodiment of God in the flesh. Colossians chapter 2 and verse 9. And yet demonstrated something from the depths of his humanness that we find absence and abundance today. That is humanity through humility. It is not as difficult as we often make it appear, but it does require a willingness, a desire, a servant's heart. One who does not care about credit or adulation or recognition, but only sees to the needs of others. As Jesus continued without hesitation or reservation, his journey to the cross, Knowing what was before him, he felt that which was foreordained. 
as he proclaimed to John's disciples in Matthew chapter 11, verse two through six. And it says, and when John had heard in prison about the works of Christ, he sent two of his disciples and said to him, are you the coming one or do we look for another? Jesus answered and said to them, Go tell John the things which you hear and see. The blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised upon, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. And blessed is he who is not offended because of me. He knew in advance his rejection by Judas, his betrayal and denial by Peter, and Saul's persecution, and the manner of death in which he was to suffer. And yet his long suffering and enduring love never waned. Paul wrote to the church in Philippi, Therefore, if there is any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord and of one mind. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interest, but also the interest of others. Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. Philippians chapter two, verses one through five. There is hope for the hopeless and peace in the midst of chaos. Jesus was three weeks from Golgotha's crucifixion, three weeks from Gethsemane's prayer, three weeks from the crowd shouting Hosanna to strongly urging Pontius Pilate, the governor of Judah, to straightway crucify him in Luke chapter 23 and verse 21. And yet, if he had to make the journey of redemption for only one of us, his response, his life and his sacrifice would still be the same. Consider the parable of the lost sheep in Luke chapter 15, verses four through seven. And it reads, suppose one of you had a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and his neighbors together and says, rejoice with me. I have found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. 
May our lives reflect Christ. May we, no matter where we are, meet the needs of those in distress without being hasty in our desire to just merely pass by. Just because someone stops us and asks for money does not mean that that is it alone. It does not satisfy the nature of their desolation. Sometimes they simply want someone or anyone for that matter just to listen to them, to reach out with a hand, to draw them near, to hold them close, to bind their wounds, and to genuinely care about them in their current condition. That's what Jesus did on his journey to the cross. In Luke chapter 8 and verse 27, we can see, and it tells us, And when he stepped out on the land, there met him a certain man from the city who had demons for a long time. And he wore no clothes, nor did he live in a house, but in the tombs. And secondly, in verse 35, then they went out to see what happened and came to Jesus and found the man of whom the demons had departed sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind. Jesus was not concerned about reciprocation. He only came to serve. Let us pray. Dear Lord, we ask that you hear our prayer this morning. We ask that you hear our plea and heal our land. We ask that you always search us and our lives and our hearts and minds and reveal to us anything that is not a clear reflection of you. Help us to understand that while our words of confession are important, the testimony of our lives and our actions are of much greater consequence. Help us to also realize there are none none that are beyond your heavenly reach. Lord, we cast our eyes towards thee for you are our only hope, our strength and our shield. We may indeed stand alone, but we cannot in this age make it without you. I ask a special prayer for Mary Potts as her son Todd was diagnosed with stage four cancer and has become increasingly frail. We ask that you take away the pain he feels and the brokenheartedness of his mother. We continue to humbly yield to you and give thanks for all that you do. We ask these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to Perspectives. If you've enjoyed what you have heard or have a question or comment, please leave a response on the Anchor, Spotify, Breaker, or Overcast podcast platforms, or send me an email at howarddc42 at yahoo.com. Please join me again next week. May the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, be with you until we meet again.